0: to another episode of We're Not Wizards My name's Richard, I'll be your host for today and tomorrow and last Tuesday and possibly Thursday in the future, I have no idea, it's too hot and humid I'm not liking it, I am a Scottish person, we do not deal with humidity, we do not deal with temperature and I am sitting here sweating like the inside of a dolphin's bathing costume However, I... I'm delighted and I'm also honoured in a way to be joined by this lovely, wonderful person who you could say isn't just a behemoth in the industry, they're almost a god in the industry with a Z on the end. It's somebody who has, they've been round the hoops and given us some hoop gods. They've been throwing some flows and laying down some lyrics and giving us some rap gods. They're uh, being part of the board game brothers. I have got Omari Akil, and he's here. And I'm going to persuade him to potentially rap, because I know he just loves to do things off the cuff. I'm only joking. Hello, Omari. How are you? (laughs) How's it going, Richard? I'm pretty
1: good.
0: Happy to be here. This is fun. What an (laughs) intro, also. I am. um, It's kind of like a scary thing. I am if we were in a kind of Dungeons and Dragons situation and we're surrounded by, you know, kind of a dragon and an orc, I'd be sent in to provide a distraction just by talking at the bad guys until everybody kind of managed to get to escape. So um, how are you, first of all? Are you well?
1: I mean, I am well. Um, the The everything that's that's happened in the last like two years has just been a wild ride but I think riding towards ultimately good things and ultimately like places where I want to be and doing things that I want to be doing um yeah it's pretty lucky there's still a ton of issues and challenges you know every day mm. but I still feel pretty lucky to to be in the, in the place where I am. So, you know, try to embrace that as much as possible and feel good about it.
0: We are going to... Um, we're going to talk about board games. We're also going to have a chat about the industry. But you like a bit of hip-hop. And we're going to go back to the year 1989 when I was a mere slip of a lad. And... Uh, for that, uh, until that time, I'd been listening to a little bit of Bon Jovi and even Europe and even a little bit of um, yeah. I'd been grinding my metal gears, and then somebody produced an album for mm-hmm. me, and I was uh, I was fifteen. I was wasn't wearing tracksuit bottoms. I was wearing jeans, um, but they introduced an album to me um, by somebody called KRS One.
1: Well, that's pretty fantastic.
0: Um, (laughs) Thank you. Whoever did that. (laughs) And um, coincided also with um, a little bit of um, iced tea. And also, obviously, well, the the kind of the synonymous one or the one that everybody talks about, which is NWA and Straight Outta Compton. Mm. And Mm -hmm. that took me into the world as a white Scottish guy of all of a sudden being used to listen to like white snake and bon jovi and all of a sudden having people kind of dropping lines and right uh, rhymes and everything like that kind of blew my mind at the time what yeah. about yourself what was how did you get into the music what do you remember was the first kind of group that you listened to or song
1: Um, I mean, I came uh, along just a little bit later. So I was, I was really fortunate though. So my brother, um, he's, he's a few years older and that's who I work with and started the company with. So he Mm. was there for basically the beginning of hip hop. Like he was about to be a teenager, you know, like it was, it was perfect for him. And I was basically just able to absorb a lot of that even when I was super young. Like I remember like LL Cool J playing oh, yeah. when I was, you know, five or six, wow. like that was, that was kind of, so it was, it was there, it was just present because, you know, he was, he was still around um, and, and hanging out with the family all the time. So I, I, I think a lot of it came from that. So some LL Cool J and then a little later, Probably when I started like paying attention more um, is really I think one of the the just classic periods of hip hop where Tupac and Biggie Snoop Dogg like they were all coming up at that time too. So that was that was really powerful. Those artists were were mind blowing. Like it's especially Snoop Dogg having this very like cartoon yeah uh, rap uh album art you know just breaking the norms in all sorts of different ways and videos uh like california love really stretching the boundary of like what hip-hop can be and become um you know that that i think those were the things that that really were present for me starting out listening to hip-hop and you know i kind of developed my own taste and stuff a little bit after that but that just laid the groundwork and it was great. I loved it.
0: I remember for me, I remember for me listening to um listen to Ice T and listening to NWA and then thinking is this all it's about? Is it all just about guns and violence and shootings and how much money you had and having women on your arm and stuff like that? And then yeah. I remember listening to um it takes a nation of millions to hold us back by public enemy. Mm-hmm. And Mm -hmm. I got that album just before Fear of a Black Planet kind of came out. And you can imagine listening to like (laughs) listening on one side to Power by Ice-T and then on the other side all of a sudden you listen to Fear of a Black Planet and you're just like, I didn't realise this was what it could be. Mm -hmm. Like it was so it was so strange and as a and you got to understand, see, when I was growing up, there wasn't... And this is where S- Scotland's kind of like a... kind of the way that we are, is that there wasn't a black community in Scotland at all, in, uh, in my area. You know, there was one... Yeah, yeah. There was one black girl that went to my high school, and everyone else was just like... Everybody else was white. There was a couple of people from Bangladesh and Pakistan and places like that. Because in Scotland... Mm-hmm. The immigration came in from those places, so we were more likely to have kind of people from Bangladesh and Pakistan and India than we were likely to have kind of black people. So all of a sudden my mind's kind of getting blown by these things I'm hearing about kind of going on and I'm just like, I don't understand kind of (laughs) where it's going because you don't understand about kind of like the society and what's it kind of like in kind of like America, but it was mind-blowing. Kind of at the, at the kind of the time, especially Chuck D. Chuck D. still blows my mind every time I hear him. I never heard a yeah. voice like that.
1: Hip hop has such a fascinating history, I, and you know, it's very easy. I, I always think of hip hop and the nature of hip hop as being very rebellious and very sort of um, rooted in in reality. Mm-hmm in so many ways and is you know you can you can look at hip hop very sort of broadly even in those early days and kind of see it as about being about unsavory things when it was really just talking and telling stories about things that were real that you had to live through that weren't the best. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah and and it's interesting and then on top of that you have the the sort of like materialism that that came out of hip hop at that time especially people like Ice T oh, Ice T yeah. was making 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 a statement like we can be glamorous too we can have all these things too mm. you know it was also a statement of rebellion like we can do whatever it is we desire like ice he was not holding back. He was like, I'm gonna live the fullest, biggest life that I can. And nobody can take that away from me. There's so much power in that idea. And and it's it's you know, it's so easy without the context to to, to shrink it into something else. But I'm really understanding the nature and, and story of hip hop is is it takes work, but man, is it worth it? And it's good. There's so much great great things there
0: it was like i then kind of like as time went on you kind of had different tastes like the beastie boys kind of came in and that was kind of like there was like paul's boutique which i just i love and i still love and i play to kind of this day but then i also started to listen to like uh, digital underground and the far side as well and digital underground them Sex oh yeah, just very, remains, very it just different remains sounds. So so good, but it's like when I was wanting to feel kind of like a bit more of a serious vibe, I'd be sticking Mr. D on and Flavor Flav From Public Enemy. If I wanted kind of like just to have a look, just to have a muck around, then I'd be sticking on like "Do What You Like" on Digital Underground and stuff like that. And that kind of and then I tr- I think I, yeah. I drop I I kind of obviously well I didn't obviously. I kind of went more closer to kind of Ice Cube stuff and I followed his kind of career over like a Mm -hmm. kind of a period of time. But did you, I mean, in regards to kind of like, you've met with a board game side of stuff with like something like Rap Gods, was that an obvious choice for you to go into something like that? Were that kind of the design side of things was to say, well, this is such a, you know, this has been a, a reasonable size part of, you know, me. So I'm just gonna potentially create a game on the back of it. Yeah,
1: that was, the, it was it was the easy choice for sure to, mm. to go into a, a hip hop game first. Easy in the sense of I was, e- it was easy to make that choice, mm. but it was a very difficult design choice <laughs> once I decided to go that direction. Um, but the fact that we were so connected to it and so passionate about the topic mm. made the design part easy. Um, even though we had no idea going into it, what a hip hop game would actually look like, um, it, it, <laughs> it, it took just some time play to it on the
0: hip hop game and then it's like. Okay, there's no post-it notes appearing here. (laughs) What do we do about this? There's no, I I can't see the (laughs) post-it notes. Well,
1: realistically, like there were there were no other real models for us to use either. We we thought about like what would be parallel, like like for a hip hop uh, sort of story. Game or a game about a hip hop career. We didn't have a lot of gaming models for that, so Mm -hmm. it was it was tricky. We tried to find some parallels and we found a couple, Um, but for the game design part, yeah, it was like that. It was like, where where do we even start?
0: And because I mean, it was a it must have been difficult to say, right? We're just going to put it to one side and let's make a dungeon crawler, or let's make. You know, something about fluffy dinosaurs, or let's make something about kind of trade, trade and industry. And then you're like, "Well, we've, we've, I guess we've rolled the dice. We might as well kind of, kind of get on with it." Did you, did you and your brothers, did you and your brother kind of grow up playing a lot of board games then, when you were growing up then, together? Have you always kind of? Yeah, know, I, I think. Uh,
1: well, it's funny because we're like thirteen years apart. Um, wow. Our our childhoods were very different. Actually, mm-hmm. um, I think I might have played a few more board games than my brother, but mm-hmm. he was also a gamer too. Um, and he he was actually kind of my introduction to video games too. So he expanded me out from board games into video games. Um, he had the first console that I ever uh, got to play. So okay. it we we were both gamers at heart for sure, and. I reintroduced him to board games after oh, right. years and years and years. Um, yeah, sort of as, as the modern industry was kind of ta- getting its legs, mm-hmm. uh, I reintroduced him and showed him all the cool stuff that was out there. Uh, and that was, it was at that point where it was like, Oh yeah, we could totally do this thing. We could, we could make a game together.
0: Well, I mean, what made you decide actually Let's let's just go and do something. Let's commit something to paper. Well, honestly, his his excitement around
1: it really gave me the push that mm-hmm. like, I had more of the sort of technical skill to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. And he was just so excited and, and actually brought so many of the initial ideas for what the game could be about. A lot of the the just conceptually what the game was about came from him, um, mm-hmm. and I really stepped in and, and just made It mechanically work, but the core concept—it was largely my brother's game. Uh, just overall about like what it was going to be about and kind of how the flow of the game was going to be. That idea, that vision was his, and I just, I just put it together. I just made it work.
0: I mean, was it easy to? Did you go through quite a few iterations? Because you said it took a while to actually get it kind of working. So there was a lot of iterations to the game before you said, right, this is the one that we're gonna get a sale
1: We did. Um, we went through a lot of iterations, but a few core concepts really stuck for through the entire design process. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of those was the sense of progression. Like we needed to have that sense of progression and mm-hmm. we didn't know how it would work. So we, we went through a couple of different uh, ways of kind of different phases of the game to simulate that. Mm-hmm. And we ended up with this three-album system um, at the end of it. But the idea was we had to feel progression. We had to feel like your career had significant like moments that were distinguishable from things that happened at different parts in the game. So that was there. Um, and the idea, we came up with three rap resources uh, in the the very first day we were talking about it and those three resources are actually the ones that that stuck in the game we, we renamed them um, yeah. just to kind of communicate better what they represented but it was still the same idea so those two things stayed the same everything else yeah went through a ton of changes like the way that the turns worked the way that the um the way that the players interacted with each other changed quite a bit. Um, even the the card sort of structure and how they benefited the player, that changed a lot too. But the, we had those few core ideas that were just there from day one.
0: And with the nature with the nature of the game being kind of revolved around kind of like music and things like that, did you already have stuff at the side which was like, well, we could do expansions here. We could do like the difficult second album, the follow-up stuff, and things like that. Was that kind of? Did you have to trim some stuff off that you could say, well, actually, we can we could bring that in kind of later on if we wanted to. You know,
1: my my focus a little bit for game design is, um, <laughs> and I don't I don't know a better way to say this, but it, it's just like aiming for sort of the, the, the commercial strategy like during the design process, because that's really mm-hmm. kind of what you're talking about. Like yeah, when, yeah. When, we think, when we think about expansions, um, it we, we don't tend to focus too much on that when we're dealing with like a core game design. Um, mm-hmm. For me, it's hard to do that. It's hard to kind of think that far forward. It's hard for me to visualize where I kind of want the game to go that early on. So uh-huh. I think we spent more time just focusing on getting the the core game solid and trying to figure out what expansions could look like after that um and I think I think that helped a lot. It also it also because we didn't Put too much weight into any of those ideas. We didn't feel the urgency to like rush an expansion out, or there wasn't any great ideas that we came up with that we were like, we have to do this right now. <laughs> this is so cool. Anything we thought that was cool, we put it in the game. And right, we added okay. some things to the game very late in the process because it was like, oh, this is cool. And, you know, don't want to wait for an expansion. Let's just get it in there now. Um, and, and so that I think my design philosophy just like isn't so focused on on expansions and stuff like that we think about it and, and yeah. we do have a couple ideas for rap Gods expansions um but I'm, I don't like I really don't like rushing through the process of getting a game done we took our time on rap Gods. um we're taking our time on hoop gods um and and as much as that is sometimes frustrating to to backers like we, we have. We both have such a desire to put out the absolute best thing that we can put out, um, that it's it's just it's hard to get to the finish line because there's always something, you know. There's always something.
0: I think it's. I think there's a difficulty nowadays with um, knowing where to draw a line, and unfortunately, I think um, I think sometimes the the Kickstarter thing. Encourages people to have So many additions and so many Extra things In order to offer people in order To entice them because it's almost like you're Kind of like trying to do a, f- a Fear of missing out um, yeah. An awful lot of time I just found out that what FOMO Meant like about four days ago <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> One of those moments where you go Ah right okay Now I feel like a, an idiot and That's what yeah. we go for Um but yeah, no, I see that. I see that a lot with, you know, it's kind of like, well, they're saying, well, I'm I'm trying to bring a game to Kickstarter. Okay, what stretch goals would you like to see? And it's like, why, why are you even thinking stretch goals? Why aren't you just thinking about kind of like the product? But it seems to be kind of coming along with the whole of um, Kickstarter as well. I mean, yeah. Rap Gods ended up doing just over its target. Um, mm-hmm. Hoop Gods did almost... Double that as well. Mm-hmm. So was that yeah. was that kind of like a nice kind of surprise when it kind of went over? You know, almost doubled what you got for. for uh, it wasn't year? a
1: complete surprise. Uh, mm. We, I think, I think what we were okay at doing in terms of just like our, our Kickstarter process mm. uh, was really. We we had a good sense of how much support that we had. That was the only reason we decided to move forward with the Hoop Gods Kickstarter. The, the entire situation and how that Kickstarter came about um, was a little bit tough, but we made it happen. Um, considering all the, the things that were happening, uh, yeah. and for us, yeah, it was just it was just important to 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 have that project and. You know, all of this is 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 strange because we still have been kind of operating in the industry like a like like a first time creator a little right. bit. Well, okay. I'm not gonna say in a first time creator. I would say more like in the way that Kickstarter, at its core, was intended. Right? Like we're not the company that's bringing the fully polished, fully complete product yeah. ready to go to market when we get to kickstarter we've never felt like that was necessary for us we we're we're making games that we want to make and we're not specifically trying to make a ton of money off of the games we're really just trying to put our ideas and our products out there mm-hmm. and so for us i think because we're kind of operating a little bit different in that space it, it's, it's a little harder to navigate. It's a little harder to navigate.
0: What was it like kind of in terms of the marketing See, Cause people's perception is that once you're into your second or third Kickstarter, you've kind of got the marketing sorted out, you know, exactly kind of what yeah. you're doing. Is it still a case Are you still having to kind of go out there and get as many kind of bums on seats and, and as many people looking at it and did with kind of everything that was going around and happening at the time, were you kind of like, well, we really just need to make sure this gets out there. We need to make sure as many people kind of see it as well. We did you kind of hype? Did you did did you focus kind of more, or were you just kind of like more determined to kind of get a product kind of out there? Um, for who?
1: Well, our whole concept right is like our business and we started a publishing company for increasing representation in the industry we started it for changing the purpose of changing the landscape of what type of games exist yeah so with that being kind of our core focus like we're always trying to get more eyes we're always trying to get games out there mm-hmm. and you know for for us doing that is doing that doing that piece like quickly is important. and just showing people that we're doing something different is what's is what's really, really important. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at, after that, making sure that the games are good and putting the time and the effort and the energy into making sure that those games are good. And then we go back to talking about them again <laughs> and, <laughs> and, show, and showing people what we got. But that's the problem with a tiny team, right? Like We're just two people. Um, and we are making some changes in the very near future. We're actually bringing on, uh, we have a few more conversations to have, mm-hmm. uh, but we are going to bring on a third person to partner with us who has a, a skill set that's, that's just, I think, way more capable of connecting mm-hmm. with our audience and connecting with the the vision that we have for the company and, and moving it forward. And that'll leave me basically to focus on more of the game design and development part. And that'll leave my brother to focus more on um, some of the handling some of the art, but also uh, mm-hmm. the, by by nature of that, he's also involved in a lot of just the handling of assets and logistics and that kind of thing too. Um so having I think I think things will be very different um coming up into 2021 when we'll we'll be I think more equipped with just another person to to handle all of what it, it takes to be in the industry. Because we have been struggling a little bit with just the two of us because we're both more just technically skilled. We can do yeah. technically what it takes, but the skills on the business end on the marketing side, uh, yeah. those have all been, you know, we're we're learning as we go as much as we can, but it's tough. It's tough.
0: It's expected. It's, it doesn't feel it's natural. Ex- you're meant to have like 15 different hats on. Oh, yeah. You know, you're asking you're usually asking somebody that spends their time like by themselves in a room throwing bits of paper and dice about, and you're then saying to them, yeah, well, I know you've done this and you've done your maths and you've got your maths on your Excel spreadsheet for probabilities, but now you've got to go and do a podcast and be entertaining. You're like (laughs) going, I don't know how I'm going to do that. I have no idea, yeah. And then it's like you need to then go on Twitter, and you need to be writing that tweet that gets everybody interested in your product. And it's like I've I don't know, I don't know even know how you tweet. I don't know, so that I know that there's a lot of there's a lot of expectation, and the number of as somebody who in the situation that I'm in, who's just a noise creator, all the time, even when I'm not making, I just go about making noises, but. I get contacted by people who have got seventy five percent of the world. They've got an absolutely fantastic game, but you can just mm. tell there's like two weeks until their campaign runs. They've got seventy five Twitter followers and they've got two people following them on Instagram. They're like, yeah. "Here we go!" And there's not somebody kind of grabbing them by the hand and kind of kind of taking them through. And I, I kind of completely, I completely kind of get that. Um, totally kind of understand that. Um. Yeah. Have has the last couple of years been exhausting? Is there a point where you've kind of sat there and went, "I just, I just, I've done this. I can't, I can't do anymore." With a situation with your, you know, your, 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 your ex president, you know, whoever he was, you know, or still considers him. He's like, you know, was there points where you just went with everything going on? This is just, you know, if I need to explain to one more person why doing this is important to me, why getting representations out of me, I'm just going to record, I'm just going to refer them to a podcast episode and they can listen to the damn thing because I can't be bored with it. Was there parts where you just went, you know what, I I can't, I can't really. I
1: had, I had a few moments um, where I wasn't sure there there was there was a very brief moment um, where I wasn't sure that I wanted to continue um, designing games specifically um and it was it was it was a moment where just like the combination of not feeling um, I, I guess in some cases like appreciated for for, Bringing new things to the table, um mm. and a part of it was also just the i I think there's a lot of parts of the isolation and the injustice that just stole every ounce of creativity that I had for 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 a time. Mm-hmm. and that it was it was in that that I was really like, you know. I don't feel appreciated. I don't have the creativity. Like, what is my future in this space? Mm-hmm. Um, thankfully, the the creative part came back, and I think that as long as I I can I have fresh ideas and I feel good about playing around with those ideas and experimenting and and still creating experiences for people. As long mm-hmm. as I still have some creativity, like I can still exist in this industry. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as a designer, there was another moment where we thought we wouldn't publish games anymore, um, right. where we thought we we might become a different type of company, yeah. a different type of entity um, that still has similar goals, but not specifically around publishing games. Um, and, and that, again, it was just like the complexity that like everything was becoming more difficult, or it felt like everything was becoming more difficult for a moment. Shipping, retailers, like we didn't know what how retailers were like how local game stores were even gonna survive. It was like, well, where we don't even know where to go moving forward. Um, and we talked to, you know, a few people in the industry and got some insight on that. And ultimately I think what what all of these things did is it it just made us Take a step back and reevaluate yeah. some things, and and we had to we had to slow down a little bit. There, we we had a, a few moments where we were just like all in, heads down, um, and and we look up, and everything's still a little bit crazy. So I think we're we just ha- had decided to take a more measured approach across the board to everything that we do um, because things are. Changing so rapidly right now, and it's so hard to to kind of deal with and adjust with that. So, we're not trying to be reactive to the current situation. We're trying to just give it a little bit of time and understand, and see if we can get a better feel for how to move forward over some time, instead of just like, oh no, things are crazy. What do we do? You know. Uh, and I hope that that's helping in the long term, uh, yeah. instead of us pushing forward and getting ourselves into trouble.
0: Yeah. I mean, in terms of like social, do you take breaks from social media then? Because one of the things I've, I mean, you know, sometimes I go on Twitter and I'm just like, yeah, (laughs) just press the button at the top. And I just kind of go away in relation to sometimes what you're experiencing away from social media is it mm. is there is it is it comparable because sometimes you go on twitter and it's like the entire world is on fire and the fire is on fire and the dog that you see that is usually saying this is fine they're all on fire and yet yeah, when you step yeah. outside you're kind of like well actually it's it's not great but it's not as bad as everybody's kind of as, as some people would kind of make it yeah, I mean, I'm
1: it's, it's, social media is such a love hate relationship because you mm-hmm. have exactly what you're talking about. Um, just sometimes being on social media, you're just hyper aware of all of the issues and things that are kind of getting in your way, uh, stopping you from moving forward, and the the attitudes also that are sort of actively working against you. Like you, you, you end up being hyper aware that that's happening. Um, but at the same time, you you have those connections with the people that push your creativity and 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 really share the same ideas and values. Uh, and so, I try as much as I can to really curate that those spaces so that I get the things that I need more frequently than the things that um, are obstacles. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the places I think we we've we've both. Needed a break from social media was was actually our 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 company our representation of our company on social media Um, because having it's it's different right like you're presenting the voice for your company yeah and I think a lot of the uncertainty for us around whether or not we were going to continue publishing games just made that voice feel very small. Yeah, and I think we're we're just we're really in the last few months. Like for a little bit, I think we thought Hoop Gods might be the last game we make, and wow. so only in the last few months, I would say, have we really um, turned the corner and recognize exactly what it's going to take for us to move our company forward um, and move to the next step and we're we're making some i think pretty significant changes to to make that possible but it's only been in the last few months that we've had an understanding of what it's actually going to take to get there um and um, a part of that is actually rebranding a part of that like i said before is bringing on a new partner yeah. um, and 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 some of it is just reimagining our design and publishing philosophy and how we actually go about it uh and and figuring out the the partners that we need to work with and that's what i've actually been doing more so lately is is the networking side of things yeah and yeah. finding partnerships that are actually going to help us with the the challenges that we've been facing um as opposed to just you know banging our head against the wall trying to do it ourselves
0: is a i'm going to try and word this the way I can word it without sounding like an idiot, which is going to be difficult. But is it, do you actually need to spend some time kind of almost like um, filtering some of the ally ships that are out there? Are there people kind of who are kind of hanging on your shirt tails just so that you can go, Hey, look, I'm supporting a person of color who's creating because I'll, I'll tell you the reason why. Like, one of the things I ask, I have a lot of, I try to have as many kind of diverse guests as possible, but I will never mm-hmm. ever do kind of like, I'm going to do Women's Month on We Are Not Wizards, or I'm going to do Person of Colour Month on We Are you know, because I just, I just, I cannot be bothered with it. I find it's absolutely terrible. If somebody's a game designer, they want to be known as a game designer. They don't want the additional labels kind of about it. But do you find that, you know, and I do, I have seen this mentioned on, social media a couple of times and people Mm -hmm. talking about we're sticking the pride flag out this month to show that we're an ally and then as soon as it hits the end of the month then the rainbow's gone and we're back to supporting kind of you know toxic policies and stuff like that do you find that you have to kind of filter out or be careful of certain allyships who are being an ally to you so that they can then wave their flag and say, I, I spoke to Amari today and we're now best buds. Look at me. I'm so diverse and inclusive. Aren't I lovely? Kind of thing. <laughs> with that voice as well. <laughs> Specifically with that voice. Specifically yeah. with that voice. <laughs>
1: um, I mean, it's 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 something that I, I, do, I do somewhat consciously, but it also is something that I do very unconsciously as well. I think yeah. I think yeah, I've been since I've been in the industry, I've always felt hesitant towards the kinds of support um that kind of support and uh it's especially egregious during sort of like Black History Month. Um yeah. though and that like it happened again in Pride Month. Like so I am hesitant uh, when it comes to those kinds of relationships and you know so that hesitation I think has has helped me in in some ways um, but I'm sure that hesitation has also uh, taken me out of some opportunities but I it's something that I will I feel like I will still always do I think it's still important to just be very aware that there's a lot of people who are still, more interested in their own benefit than the actual purpose and and reason that I exist here. Mm. Um, so so I try to I try to listen carefully and and look for the cues and the sort of like things that will tell me that their interest is elsewhere um, and but even that is really hard to do because a lot of there's there's absolutely a lot of people in the space who, are actually interested in helping, are actually interested in, in moving things forward in the same way that I am. But yeah. they are just completely uh, just, un, just not knowledgeable about how to engage with someone in a healthy way in that space, because they've never done it before. They don't know the right approach. Like, How do you approach a person of color about an opportunity specifically that relates to being a person of color, even that approach can seem disingenuine, disingenuous oh, yeah. If, yeah. if you're using the wrong words, not even because you have the wrong intention. So um, there's there's just there's a lot of calculation I think that I have to make again sometimes consciously, sometimes subconsciously uh, mm-hmm. when I'm working with anybody new, when anyone new approaches.
0: Okay. Okay. Um- because I I don't you don't want to do like a it's almost like some people want a top 10 tips of being a good ally and it's just like well if you're kind (laughs) of asking that you know if you're kind of asking what can I do to be an ally well it's like maybe not ask the question about how you want to be an ally and maybe just like you know I don't know stop going in with that attitude and kind of like the in kind of like the first place I mean um it depi- I guess the situation. See the the strange situation in, well, the strange situation where I am in Scotland is that, and I mentioned this at the beginning. Yeah. Is we don't. There's not really. I was trying to explain this to to a friend the other day. Is we kind of reap the rewards of what happened in America. So there's lots of places in like Glasgow and stuff like that where you've got you've got streets, you've got buildings, you've got everything like that that are named after businesses that were found on kind of slavery and colonialism and everything like that. And America itself, mm-hmm. they're, they live, this is, they're the end result. They're kind of living, living kind of through that. Yeah. So yeah. sometimes we are like, it's almost like if I went out and said, right, I am going to find a person of color to get involved in board gaming. It's almost like I'm borderline tokenism. Because if I went out to the house in the state that I lived in, we, there's not like a, a kind of a black community, in the area that I live sure. in. Not not because I am in kind of you know, I am in this particular. It's not like you know Chicago or whatever. You know, it's not like there's a definitive yeah. defined area like America. It's just that there isn't the population of Scotland is like the percentage of people of color in Scotland is is very small. So it's like balancing out yeah, yeah. to- tokenism and stuff like that as well, which is kind of, which is always kind of, which is always kind of difficult. But is it, do people have to walk a tight, walk a tightrope or do they just have to dive in and say, look, I want to get other people involved who don't look like a me. Do I just ask people or do I reach out through communities or, you know, I guess that's the, the kind of the, the difficulty that I, so I see. Yeah. I mean it is difficult. I think
1: well, your the approach that I feel typically works the best is just the most compassionate one and just understanding and admitting to not knowing when when you don't know and mm. that is is typically enough for me to kind of like extend myself out if I if I need to like that level of understanding and and it could be so easy, like just g- giving someone an opportunity and also just being very open about like their 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 agency in that choice sometimes sometimes that never doesn't come across. People are like, "Hey, you should do this thing with me because I'm doing this thing." and mm. it can it can sound very entitled, but just a simple but i totally understand that you know you may mm. be busy you may have other projects and totally understand if you can't do it like even just small just just mentions of of compassion of just treating someone like a human being goes a long way and you, a lot of people don't have that in their just like natural lexicon when they're working with people especially when you've kind of operated your business in the same way for a long time and hmm. it's been effective, Yeah, you don't know that when you shift your focus to a different population or a different group, just people who are very different from who you're normally working with, that your approach is just not gonna work the same way. No, <laughs> It's like, no. It, it should be obvious. and And unfortunately it's not. And people think they can just do the same things and it's gonna be as effective. Uh, So just really just thinking about it, understanding that we are absolutely complex humans and going, (laughs) going for, you know, to anyone with anything, you really try to put yourself in their shoes and understand where they're coming from. And it's just hard. It's just hard.
0: (laughs) I mean, I'll be honest. I wanted you on the show because of the way that you, you kind of your sartorial elegance the way that you dress. I mean it's just there's many <laughs> many a time I've abs- I've absolutely raged quit from Twitter and said I can't you know or and say so, I can't believe he's wearing that. I mean it looks so you know there's no way that hat should work with that jacket but at the same time <laughs> so as well as that. Um you've been doing That's a bit funny. of rap, you've been doing a bit of rapping. Is yeah, that are uh, you? Are, do you, is that something that you do on a regular basis, um, or because I saw your little thing quite recently, and I'm just saying, you know, do you just pull it out of the bag, or is this because you know, because uh, with my background, I have tried to kind of rewrite, rewrite lyrics to do kind of board game songs, and I've done one. I did, um, yeah, I did yeah. one recently. I did water I did Shiny New Cardboard High and it was a riff on Harry Styles Watermelon Sugar High. And I'm just wondering <laughs> nice. with your well, you know, with your kind of your song progress, if the board games don't work out, are you considering going into like a kind of a, a Paula type thing where you kind of do parody songs of board games in a rap type style?
1: So th- this is one of my big challenges. I think um, being in the industry, uh, and is that I I can't just do one of those. So I think as long as you see my name on the internet associated <laughs> with board games, you could you could roll the dice and it could be any number of things that 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 I'm doing in the space. And music is absolutely, music is is one of them. I've been writing songs on and off for probably the last 15 years. Like, I mean, I'm sure I did some as a kid, and I'm not exactly counting those. But I've been somewhat serious about producing music for such a long time. But it never got to the point where I, I felt good about sharing with anyone so i have i have pages and pages and pages actually in some cases notebooks that are just filled with with lyrics and writing and and poetry too i i I had a stint where i was mostly just writing poetry um and so i i just i love words and i love language and and i think hip-hop most eloquently kind of embodies what i like about lyrics in music mm-hmm. and so that's kind of where where i landed and yeah i have uh i mean yeah random random lyrics about board games written all throughout my my one Note notebook that's and that's an incredibly
0: incredibly long way to say i'm horrifically talented across all levels thank you very much <laughs> But not exactly my intention, but it's just I mean, like you I know, guess there's
1: some some truth in that.
0: I don't know why you're wearing the top that's got the kind of the gold lettering that says "I'm the best." Shush you, kind of. I you know it's just absolutely dirty, <laughs> You know, Jeez <laughs> I just like you know. It's like I came on but... here for a friendly conversation. I'm walking away, going, I don't know why I bother. I'm just like you know, what's the point? Might as well just give up. Are you going to start well, a podcast next? Is that the next thing?
1: I mean, I do have a podcast plan, but yeah. it's not. Of course you do. It's not <laughs> specifically about, about board games because I, I don't want to do a board game podcast. I, I think there are some so many stellar board game podcasts. Like I don't want to compete with that. Um, it is going to be adjacent to being a nerd and a gamer but, um, not specifically about board games, but yes, I am maybe doing a podcast. also
0: <laughs> just, just try and make me feel better. I love that.
1: It's really, it's, like, it's really, oh, so here's the problem though. Right. Okay. Here we
0: go. Okay. The struggle I is know. real.
1: <laughs> the the struggle is, is actually real. I've, i had, I've had problems and I've had problems with this for most of my life. Um, mm-hmm. When it comes to just presenting myself as a person in a in a creative space,
0: mm-hmm.
1: what do I all I never know what to tell people? What what do I actually do? Like it's always contextual. If I'm, you know, half of the time I'm a board game designer, but half of the time I'm a publisher, half of the time I'm a content creator. The math doesn't work out. There's not that many halves, but I think like <laughs> I I can't sometimes I don't even know how to present myself and if actually if you look at a lot of like podcasts and appearances that I have when it's mm. come time to introduce myself I just fall flat because I it's just so much and I can I never know what to pick or choose or say um but that comes across sometimes and I've sort of felt this sometimes like in social media context it comes across sometimes as being flighty or flaky or like not having like a a real passion for anything, and and people can't engage the same way. Or, and sometimes they get distracted, like somebody who's who follows me because of this one thing, yeah. when I start posting about the five other things that I'm doing, they lose interest. So I end up having issues with, with people kind of embracing all the different parts of me when a lot of people when they're, especially when they're engaging with social media, sometimes they're looking for specific things and they're trying to curate specific types of spaces. And I break that. I break that often.
0: I think in that situation, you just need to start referring to yourself in the third person. <laughs> <laughs> Will that make it easier? I, I don't know. And then you can just, you, you, then you've got the ability to divorce yourself Away from taking any responsibility over your own actions, and you can say just like today, Omari is going to be making some art. That's what going to be. <laughs> join us. Join us later on where I tweet out the art that I've done, and you can feel you can feel free whether or not to judge that fairly or unfairly. I just I think that's probably the way to just go. Their person. You're just their person all the way. <laughs> Just all, I mean, just uh, all the way. My, I,
1: I say this sometimes. I mean, I say this usually in jest, but there's absolutely a level of seriousness to it. But I, okay. I, I have always felt like a part of me just wants to be like that Donald Glover in the board game space, like someone who can be successful in different ways, and people do embrace it, um, but. I also recognize his path to that was a lot of different, weird sort of segments oh, of yeah, yeah. entertainment, yeah. and eventually they all came together, but it took a very wild sort of roundabout turn to get there. So I'm I'm just like embracing the challenges right now, and hopefully one day it'll all kind of like gel together. So we'll see. Uh,
0: so are you thinking that you will be in a Star Wars film then?
1: I I mean, ideally, yes, but that's the one that I feel like is not going to (laughs) happen.
0: To be hanging on the arm of Lando. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't think
1: I'll be in a blockbuster film. That's the one that I'm I'm not. Matching
0: mustaches, and you could have like a, you could have the lilac cape. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, there you go. And you could have the bright yellow one, like in the film, and everything will be I mean, fine. If,
1: if it's me, it has to have sparkles on it. So we gotta have some, some sequins or something on the cape. If we're gonna is, rock a is cape, it,
0: any other way to do a cape? That's that's fair. I don't know. That's absolutely. You know, I'm surprised I even need to ask the question, considering the number of sparkles that you have on the lettering that still says you're the best. <laughs> it's ridiculous.
1: So, so so ridiculous. So, so, I, I, I will never it, wear that shirt, but I appreciate that that shirt exists and people wear it. Because
0: I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure we could get something made up for you, which is just like an entire range just for you. Sir Meeple uh-huh. will do it for you if you ask them. You could have Sir your entire, meeple. you could have your entire range because that's where we have our t-shirts, and it could be, it could be in the third person type t-shirts. Wow! You know, this is getting interesting. You're putting ideas into my head. Just Amari says fashion, and that's all you know. And that's, that's on the t on a t shirt. Done. Be careful! Justin, I'm going to start writing this down. You just have to write. I'm surprised you don't have to write it down because we're recording it, so everything's fine. <laughs> Look, at so, that. we're good to go. Um, games wise, because we got to talk about board games again. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, what's next on the horizon because um, you've talked yeah. we'll talk let's talk rebranding you've talked re- we're just going to do the rebranding thing we're going to do it um, okay we are can yeah and we'll release when you know so you're you know we might as right. well
1: we might as well i, I you we know well. i'm i'm for it um if we're going to talk rebranding um i I'll, I'll have to show you the logo um, because that was I'm not gonna say that that it, it really it inspires me now. Like we had conversations about rebranding, and mm-hmm. we had a lot of talks about sort of business wise, like what we were trying to do and how we were gonna operate. Um, we we've been talking to a person that's potentially a new partner for us, who in is probably smarter and more talented than i am which is exciting um just to have somebody on the team who I, who is ex- just like extremely skilled like seriously like just is finishing writing up a, a book right now I, like i can't I don't even believe you. <laughs> <laughs> and it's 100% true uh, i promise okay. um but a part of it has <clears throat> been well two things the person w- we're bringing in is a woman and just because of the power that I think uh, she will bring to the company, we Mm -hmm. are moving away from sort of our masculine branding. Like we were branded as board game brothers because we're brothers and also brothers. And um, we cared about board games. And and that meant a lot to us uh, to kind of have our company be, be just pronounced as as blackness and embodying black culture, so
0: mm.
1: that that was all really, really important to us. Uh, so we needed to find a way to uh, rename the company, but still connect back to our blackness and what we love uh so the the way we decided to do this very serendipitously uh because the the woman who is potentially going to be our new partner is um and we'll we'll have to announce that later cuz there's still talks to be had oh no um, yeah
0: yeah yeah i'm yeah. not asking for the world
1: exclusive no no, no. I'll, I'll, i got I'll, you I'll with that. <laughs> uh but with that. um but but she is also as much into sneakers as we are so the the one place that we could all sort of combine our love for for our blackness and sneakers we felt like was in the name of this company um so uh it's called colorway game labs and the the term colorway if you're not familiar is a sneaker culture term and it just describes like the the Style of the shoe and the color that it comes in, and so right. every, various shoes have different colorways. That's what it's called. Um, but also, just we felt like having the word "color" in the name just also embodies a part of our mission. Like, yeah. like games that embrace color. Is something that's mm. important to us, and we mean that in in every sense of the term. Color in just vibrancy, right? Like that is important to us. Color in terms of the people and diversity that's involved. We want the full spectrum, um, and and we think that's the way. And and the game labs part, I think for us is really speaks more to what we want to be in the industry, and we want we want to do things in a little bit of an experimental way. And I think that the word lab gives a sense of that. So when yeah. you see us doing weird things in the space, it doesn't feel jarring. It feels like, oh, yeah, this is what they're about. Um, yeah. And let me show you the logo. And really, it all came together at when we started talking and my brother sketched up some ideas. We went back and forth, um, and we landed on this. And um, it wow. really, it really just, just like all, it, it just made us all so excited to to change and to to have this new imagery. Um, and we kept the crown, of course, on this logo because there's a crown on our original logo. So we wanted to kind of honor that and bring that into the new company. Um, but we think this just so much better. Just demonstrates who we are and what we want to do so um, I hope that people like it Colorway Game Labs is I think going to be very different and bring something even better to the table than what we were doing before
0: Are you having a UK version of the logo where you spell the word color correctly? (laughs)
1: That's hilarious, um, and I don't know. I think, so this is the, the fun part about this logo is that, and in, in, in the whole concept of, of colorways is that we're going to have a variety of these logos in different colors, and we get to actually okay. play around with, with the names of things. Um, and I, I feel like doing a UK version. You should throwing, have a UK version. Well, I'm not, I'm not saying a UK version. Fun.
0: Just one that's spelt properly. That's all just I'm just saying. <laughs> I you know, just we can do that. Actually, that for you, <laughs> I, can I just do want that for you. even if you just like you put it into Microsoft Paint and draw one round and kind of like <laughs> the spray this you know, yeah. the colour of the pencil one. So just a little just a little U in there. That's all we're asking. I, Nothing more. I can,
1: I can do it for you. I, I, I I'll, I'll tell you what you do
0: happen. that now that'll, that'll be the one that goes in the show notes. That's the one that I'm gonna put. That's <laughs> the one that's gonna put it. Um, awesome. <laughs> um If people have listened along tonight and they want to find you on the internet webs, where do you exist on the internet webs, Mari?
1: So many different places, uh, but you can find me most easily. I am Akiliverse, A-K-I-L-A-V-E-R-S-E. on all of the places, so that's probably the easiest one because I'm on Twitter, that name, Instagram, TikTok, um, mm-hmm. Facebook, and uh, I could probably name seven more because uh, I just created those profiles <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> uh, but it, yeah, Aquilaverse is is the easiest way to find me. Twitch, I spend a lot of time uh, or on Twitch, so that's a good one too if, if people are looking for, again, the random things that I do they're all over
0: the place (laughs) it's just worthwhile and you know just do it that's all I'm going to say I'm just going to let you it's kind of like letting a small child into the room on Christmas day and there's just presents everywhere and I'm going to say I'm going to put some links in the show notes so people can find those presents and they can unwrap those delights just to see the little smiling faces so yeah. we shall we shall make sure we put them in the show notes so that we have got notes to show. <laughs> you <laughs> if you wanna <laughs> if you wanna follow what we're doing, then just go to the internet webs and search for We're not wizards. Mm-hmm. You shall find us um where the wild things are, as we say. And it's still one of my favourite films, even though it's quite sad. Um and you'll find us on Twitter and Instagram and um, you'll find us on our website which is We're not and you'll find us on our blog where we write about reviews at uk. If you like to have some cloth on your back that has several of our well known and terrible sayings, then you can go to sirmeeple.com and search for We're not wizards and you will find us there as well. If you like what you've listened to today, and you want to give us a rating or review, go to the Apple Podcasts and remember, don't give us 10 stars because it makes us big headed. But don't give us one star because I am an ugly crier and you do not want to make me cry. Give us something in the middle, like a five, because it's average and we're just a little bit average. But the person who's not been average tonight or today is rather wonderful, rather fantastic, Maria Aguil. Thank you very, very much for coming on.
1: No, thank you for for doing this and lovely chat. Yeah,
0: I yeah, absolutely loved all of it. Appreciate it. <laughs> um, there's only two more things to go to do. The first thing is to remember that we're many things, but we're not wizards. Are we wizards, Amari? We're not wizards. There you go. And the second thing is to say goodbye. So it's a goodbye from Amari. So goodbye. See ya. <laughs> you would have been better saying Omari says goodbye. <laughs> Omari says goodbye. <laughs> there it is. Third person. Third you person. This. That's, this is if how any, it
1: started. anybody's upset about it, blame Richard.
0: Then you can. Uh, that's a goodbye from you. Remember, stay safe. Rule sixes make something awful. And until the next time. The desert is never linked.